G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And looking into the political agenda for the coming week, Lyle Shelton from the Australian Christian Lobby is joining us. Hello, Lyle. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having us back again. Lyle, you're jet-setting around the countryside. You're in Darwin today. Yeah, that's right, Neil. Um, There's just uh, about a month to go until this uh, postal plebiscite and marriage closes and uh, myself and others are doing everything we can to get out the vote and make sure that people cast a vote in this. Uh, There's still millions of votes that haven't been cast because it's voluntary and we need to make sure that everyone votes and uh, votes no to ensure that we preserve marriage and freedom uh, for the future. And I think you're addressing a pastor's lunch today in Darwin and then on a plane to Cairns for a meeting tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. I was speaking in a church in Darwin last night, a combined churches group. Uh, great to see the body of Christ coming together on this issue. Then today, uh, pastor's lunch, flying to Cairns tonight, and then Tuesday night, uh, tomorrow night, uh, a public meeting in Cairns, which uh, any of your listeners up there are welcome to come along to, and uh, they can call our office uh, for details uh, to get along to that event. Okay, so that's Cairns tomorrow night. Uh, Lyle, big issues on the weekend, the March for Babies in Melbourne. Uh, What were your uh, gleanings from the outcome of that event on Saturday? Yeah, this is um, Australia's, I think, premier pro-life event, a witness to uh, the need to uh, have human rights for the unborn, I was speaking with Dan Flynn uh, down there this morning. Dan's one of the organisers. He uh, works for ACL as well, but there's a great team of people who put this march together every year. Uh, They had 2,000 people out again on the streets of Melbourne uh, uh, presenting this witness uh, for uh, human rights for the unborn, saying that we should be protecting the most vulnerable in our society. And uh, I think that's incredibly significant. This has been going on for uh, nine years. This is the ninth March for the Babies since the Victorian Parliament controversially uh, allowed abortion all the way to birth, abortion to birth, uh, even when there's no uh, medical reason, when there can be a healthy mother and a healthy baby. Uh, so they're the most, some of the most extreme abortion laws in the world, and uh, it's quite right that people come out and demonstrate uh, against them. Um, so, uh, yeah, great to see that sort of commitment, and, um, and uh, it's so important we don't forget Uh, the importance of uh, upholding the human rights of the unborn and making sure our society is aware of it. And and Neil, just just one other thing, you know, the the significant thing about this is with 2,000 people on the streets outside the Victorian Parliament in Spring Street, there was uh, no media coverage uh, that Dan uh, could point to. Um, The media just uh, ignore this issue, they're silent on it, and uh, that's a disgrace in my view. Yes, I must say, uh, as I was searching for detail, there weren't too many pictures uh, in the news media. Uh, these, this sort of issue with abortion, uh, and while we've been talking about marriage, and I'm going to ask you some more things about marriage in just a few moments, Lyle, but uh, there's another issue that seems to go hand in hand uh, with the way things are changing so dramatically in society, and that's this issue of euthanasia. Uh, it's uh, alive in the debate in Victoria, also in WA, as I also understand in New 
South Wales. Uh, what are the the, uh, the latest understandings you have for what's happening with the euthanasia bills in Victoria? And talk about euthanasia in Western Australia. Yeah, look, um, in Victoria particularly, this is on a knife edge, and I'd encourage all your listeners uh, to be praying. Next week, uh, the Andrews government, um, the Labor government under Daniel Andrews, will introduce a bill into the Victorian Parliament. It will be debated over three days next week. So this is really at a critical moment. Um, uh, there's some terrific work being done, again, by Dan Flynn down there in Victoria and uh, the Roman Catholic Church and uh, palliative care doctors. Uh, they are really putting good information into the parliament uh, to make sure that the undecided voters in the uh, Victorian lower house, where this will be considered next week, um, uh, are appraised of all the information. Um, uh, if, if the undecideds in this uh, debate come our way, there's a very good chance we could win it, but uh, it's very much in the balance. Uh, it is on a knife edge. So uh, please, prayers uh, for that issue. Um, in, in Western Australia, there's a, there's a parliamentary inquiry uh, about to be launched, uh, chaired by Nick Goyran, who's a member of the Upper House Liberal Party, and uh, he's someone who is pro-life and, and not in favour of euthanasia. Uh, that process has quite a way to go. Uh, New South Wales, um, there's also uh, pressure for a bill there, uh, but we think that uh, there's uh, room for optimism that uh, euthanasia will be defeated there, with uh, leaving Victoria really as... Uh, the key flashpoint and the key place where uh, things are in the balance. Uh, it is a serious, serious issue, and the idea that uh, even the, along the lines of what palliative carers say, and of course palliative care is the alternative uh, of keeping people comfortable in their dying days, uh, but palliative carers say it's imperative we don't cross the ethical barri- barrier and allow doctors to kill patients, because this is what a change in euthanasia, uh, these euthanasia laws would do, Lyle Shelton. It's so serious. Uh, that doctors really change from uh, from being the life carers to uh, to being people who are mediators to death. That's exactly right. And instead of focusing on palliative care, uh, we bypass this much-needed area of medical uh, help and assistance. Um, yes, it is true that our palliative care isn't always up to scratch. Uh, the improvements are needed. There's no doubt about that. But we have the technology and the ability to make sure that everyone can have a, a death with dignity and that there's minimum uh, of suffering. Um, the palliative care experts will say that where proper palliative care is administered, the calls for uh, euthanasia um, are almost non-existent. Um, this is not some widespread demand uh, that people have when they're given the proper care. And uh, my concern with euthanasia is that uh, you, you bypass then uh, the, the palliative care uh, protocols and uh, we go for the easy option which is uh, for a doctor to to kill their patient in the misguided idea that this is somehow um, compassionate and uh, it's important to to note uh, Neil that um, the doctors in uh, in Victoria the Australian Medical Association they are opposed to this uh, and uh, they don't want to see a situation where in effect uh, you'll you'll end up with these death clinics being set up because mainstream doctors uh, don't want to participate uh, in um, in, in, in euthanasia. So it's a very serious thing. Every time euthanasia comes in, um, you, you end up with a slippery slope where it goes from, you know, people in intractable pain to people who've got, you know, mental illness. Uh, and, and it just goes on to, to protocols where you euthanize babies. Um, this is all well documented in overseas countries like Holland and Belgium. Um, there is no safe way uh, to administer euthanasia without the vulnerable uh, being abused in some way. 
Interestingly, Lyle, there seems to be waves in campaigns for these sorts of issues that we regularly talk about. And uh, when we talk about this euthanasia issue, of course, uh, for Christian believers, this is a pro-life issue, a protection of human life that we see is created in the image and likeness of God and therefore has value. But I'm interested in the way that the media reports on this sort of issue and when they talk about pro-life people like like yourself, like myself, uh, they would call us opponents of voluntary euthanasia. Now, that actually uh, starts to sound very similar to the idea of when we're talking about the marriage debate, as I frame it, uh, in the media would be considered people who are opponents of same-sex marriage. Uh, I don't know whether you've noticed the way that this terminology really uh, distracts and distorts, but uh, really uh, it's a pro-life issue when you talk about keeping people alive. And when we talk about marriage, we're talking about marriage between a man and a woman, the way the Australian law stands. Uh, but the way that the mainstream media seems to report is opponents of, opponents of, as though uh, the issue of euthanasia or the issue of uh, same-sex marriage is already a done deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the reporting uh, on, on the marriage debate? Yeah, well, this is, you've put your finger on precisely the problem, Neil. It's the hijacking of language. It's the characterising of, of people like us as being anti or being negative, uh, and therefore our view less valid than what they see as the, the politically correct uh, view, which is to be pro-euthanasia or pro-gay marriage. So we're, we're typecast as anti-gay. It's, it's, it's personalised. You're made to uh, feel like you're someone who is... Um, lacking in compassion for someone's love or, or, or to relieve someone's suffering. And it's very, um, it's very sneaky, uh, it's very deliberate, and, and it's designed to try and shape public uh, opinion like this. And, and it's designed to be very emotional so that people um, are not thinking through the issues uh, very well. Now, there's nothing wrong with bringing emotion into a public debate, but uh, if that is there at the expense of logic, then uh, there's a real problem. And too much of our public policy is... Um, conducted in this emotivism, uh, this demonisation of opponents uh, in a way that then obscures what's really at stake. And with euthanasia, of course, um, the, the ability for this to be misused, um, for people to, to want to um, encourage or, or put pressure or coerce uh, an elderly relative to do the right thing and, and um, receive euthanasia, you know, perhaps with the motive of trying to get an inheritance, uh, all of these things are very real and very live and, and become... Uh, options uh, if you cross this line of, of killing patients. And uh, instead of killing patients, we do need to be focusing on uh, improving and uh, making sure that uh, world-class palliative care is available to, to everyone. So um, so you're quite right. Um, we've got to continue to take back uh, the language uh, in these debates, and it's not easy given the bias of the mainstream media. Speaking of language and the image that is created uh, for the No campaign or the Coalition for Marriage, uh, there's another terminology I note that is in there that is gaining real traction, and that is this terminology that you're using, Lyle Shelton, calling it uh, the Freedom Team. Uh, freedom Team is an interesting way of talking about uh, the Coalition for Marriage, or those who are on the no side, uh, no change to the Marriage Act. Uh, freedom Team, has, it's got a, a significant uh, uh, message behind it. How do you see that, uh, that terminology? What does it really yeah. mean? Well, this is our uh, attempt to try and recapture the language in these debates. 
and uh, we're quite deliberate about it. Uh, there is no doubt that uh, redefining marriage in law will impact on the freedoms of millions of Australians who, who will always want to believe that marriage is between a man and a woman and not to be punished or fined for saying that out loud or for advocating that in a church or a Christian school or a Muslim school or whatever. Uh, this is a very anti-freedom uh, reform because it only allows one view of marriage to be uh, promoted in the public square. So it, it impacts on our freedoms. And uh, so we've quite deliberately uh, labelled our volunteers, uh, the people who are signing up to do door knocking and letterboxing as the Freedom Team. And these are the people that are out on the streets with the placards, with the banners, uh, going door to door. And we've just produced an app um, that people can download through uh, the App Store um, or through um, Google Play for Android. Uh, and it's, it's called the Freedom Team app. And uh, it's just uh, yet another tool to help uh, our volunteers uh, to go about and get the message out in these last few weeks before the postal survey closes on November 7 to make sure that we can uh, attract every possible vote uh, towards the no side. So if I'm downloading the Freedom Team app on my mobile phone, uh, what is, uh, what's that going to uh, encourage me to do, Lyle? Is it, uh, is it something that tells me of events coming up, uh, encourages me to be out campaigning somehow? Uh, what does it do if I were to download that app? Yeah, it, um, it gives you access to uh, a whole range of information from uh, the Coalition for Marriage campaign. Uh, it, it allows you um, to take action, to do door knocking. It, it helps point you in the right direction as to where you should go to, to do that sort of work in a strategic way so that your time is not wasted, so it's coordinated with the campaign. Uh, it allows you to get hold of um, brochures and material that you can distribute. Uh, it gives you the talking points that you need to have the conversations. Uh, it helps you to access videos from the campaign. Uh, and uh, and if there are any more events, a lot of that scaled down now in these last few weeks. But... Um, it also allows you to access uh, training, uh, to be trained as a volunteer, and that's really, really important. So it's sort of like a one-stop shop um, to your smartphone uh, through the app, through the Freedom Team app. And uh, I'd encourage everyone to do it. We only launched it last week. It has come late in the campaign, but it is a very sophisticated piece of campaigning um, material, and, uh, and I'd encourage everyone to do it. More than 2,000 people already had downloaded it over the weekend and uh, that's continuing to to gather at pace uh, but we need as many uh, freedom team members as possible in these last uh, three or four weeks okay so you'd simply go to your app store and you would uh, type in freedom team app it's a free app and uh, it'll simply download to your mobile phone and you'll have access to uh, all of that update information i imagine that uh, any new release uh, the latest issues that are developing uh, you'd be, you'd have Correct. access to those yeah, there's a news feed that comes through there. So it's just another way of staying up to date with the campaign. But even more than staying up to date, it gives you the tools to take action and to uh, be a volunteer and to get that training that you need. And uh, just on the contrasting note there, Lyle, uh, I know listeners will be very interested to know that there's a taxpayer-funded app that's being developed by state governments that targets school children to modify behaviours. Uh, just quickly, uh, got any ideas uh, about that app that's, uh, yeah. that's actually there, and a contrary one? Yeah, well, this is, again, uh, we keep talking about Victoria all the time, Neil, but the uh, Victorian government under Labor's Daniel Andrews uh, has released uh, an app that's targeted at school children designed to modify uh, behaviours uh, around uh, how people think about um, uh, homosexual issues, how they think about uh, uh, transgender issues. Uh, it's all uh, dressed up as sort of, you know, inclusiveness and, in, and um, promoting tolerance. And, and on one level that's fine, but it really is designed to 
um, change people's understanding of, of sexuality and human identity in ways that many parents would be concerned about. I think most parents want to have those conversations directly with their children, but the aim of the Andrews Government app is to subvert uh, parental uh, ability to uh, be the primary educators of the children with, with regard to radical LGBTIQ uh, sexual concepts uh, and to bypass that and go straight to the child's smartphone. So this is what um, the uh, Andrews government is doing uh, at taxpayers' expense uh, right now. So this is, yeah, we, we live in a very challenging time uh, where parents' rights are really being trampled by uh, politicians like uh, Labor's Daniel Andrews. Well, Lyle Shelton, always so valuable getting your insights into the political agenda for the week ahead. Significant things that you're talking about there today. I'll point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website, uh, also the Coalition for Marriage website. And uh, to download that app, simply go to your app store, the Freedom Team app. Lyle, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.